What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. On today's episode, we'll be going back into the mailbag. We'll be talking about Lonzo Ball's injury history and if it's something we should be worried about going forward. There's been some communication in the Bulls community as do we have another Derrick Rose situation? Some people have even compared it to Brandon Roy. We'll get into all that and more on today's Chicago Bulls Central. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So I, I this Lonzo Ball news, as much as, you know, kind of maybe expected it, had some optimism with, you know, like a KC Johnson comment and things like that. And it's kind of really been throughout the summer up and down as far as like we get one piece of good news one piece of bad news and after we got the news that it's that Lonzo Ball is, is probably definitely not going to be ready by the start of training camp and by the start of the regular NBA season now is there a chance that it could take a turn and all of a sudden Lonzo Ball is ready yes there is a chance of that right I don't I'm not going to put a percentage on it I do think it's more likely than not though that at this point we're going to be starting the season off without Lonzo Ball now that has naturally turned the conversation towards looking at Lonzo Ball's durability over the course of his NBA career the fact that the most amount of games he ever played in one season was 81 percent of the available games and that was even on a shortened NBA season and this has led a lot of Bulls fans to, you know, start making Derrick Rose comparisons, start making comparisons to, you know, a Brandon Roy or things like that. And where the difference is for me versus a Derrick Rose type injury is that Derrick Rose's game was based off athleticism. Well, let me not say based off of. That's not fair. It was a athleticism was a big part, that quick first step. And when and when Derrick Rose started losing confidence in that knee, you could see it. It came through in the way that he played. It came through in it seeming like maybe he was trying to shy away from contact and maybe at during times of his recovery and things like that. But there's a key difference in the in what Derrick Rose had versus Lonzo Ball. A, Lonzo Ball's already had this injury. And as we saw, he came back and was him in his time playing this after he's already had the exact same injury before. Derrick Rose is different. Yes, he did tear his meniscus on the second time, right? right? The first was a torn ACL, but it was the repeated back-to-back in years in the ACL injuries way more the a, a torn meniscus while the longevity sometimes you do develop arthritis things like that in your knee because of it but longevity wise you can come back and have a a and be still yourself now and, and like I said too I can understand some of the doubt around that had we not seen Lonzo Boss had this injury he's had more serious injuries and he's come back and he's been the player that he can and what Lonzo Boss game is defense Three-point shooting, you already know, I think he can do way more in the half court, and I want to see him be able to do way more in the half court as well, but get out in transition, force turnovers, things like that. Those aspects of Lonzo Ball's game is always going to be that in there. Now, as I said in yesterday's episode, I do think now you are you would be crazy not to have some built-in Lonzo insurance, and this team does have that. Alice Caruso, uh, um, Goran Dragic, and especially the Nigerian Nightmare and Ayo Desumu. So you have that already built into your roster. Now, the problem was last season is that Caruso and Lonzo went down basically around the same time, and we had them, we missed them basically the same amount of games. And even when Caruso did came come back, he was not himself. And then, you know, hopefully Io DeSumo takes a leap as well. But the long time, the long-term concern over Lonzo Ball's injury, it's not invalid, right? It's hundred percent valid to have that concern when you look at a player so far in his NBA career, while still a young NBA career, have the amount of injury concerns and miss the amount of time that Lonzo Ball has done in his career. It's, it's valid, right? You are 100% valid in, in being worried about that and thinking about that and everything. But I'm looking at this 
and in a way, and maybe this is me trying to paint it more positive than not, that when Lonzo's going to be on the court, Lonzo's going to be able to be Lonzo. And yes, he may be a player that you can only bet on having for 66 games in a season, right? And some people would even say maybe, hell, even asking for more than 60 may be an issue. Again, he played more than 60 two times. They were both in shortened seasons, so I don't want to make it seem like he hasn't. But I can understand fans' mindsets on on what the long-term thing is. But let me be clear here. For those that are in here in saying the Bulls should trade Lonzo Ball, again, I'm going to present this to you. What value do you think you're going to get back on a player that currently is not able to play? They don't have a timetable for return. It's not going to happen. You're not going to get back anything. No, the Bulls' best bet, unfortunately, at this point, no matter, and let me not say unfortunate, no, because when Lonzo plays, Lonzo's what we need him to be. But for some, it may be unfortunate, is to keep Lonzo Ball. We got to stop with the knee-jerk reactions. We got to stop thinking, oh, we can just trade our pieces that aren't healthy and we can get something significant back. No, unless you want to be on the back end of a deal and look stupid in a couple of years when Lonzo Ball is healthy, you don't trade Lonzo Ball. You build in insurance in your roster, which the Bulls already have done. And that's what they did this offseason. When they went out and got Gorn, it was for that. And we'll see. Yes, we are very deep at the guard position. We have a lot of guards on this team. I've already said it. Depending on what extensions may look like, we may have 90 to $100 million in just our guard play next season. But with that being said, yeah, yeah, it sucks that Lonzo isn't, isn't going to be healthy and there's a chance he may miss the start of the season. Yeah, it sucks that we don't know our exact return date. Yeah, it sucks that we validly, as Bulls fans, have some long-term concerns with Lonzo Ball's overall health and ability to be on the floor. Yes, it sucks to be in that position, but let's calm down. Right. Let's not get into the Derrick Rose comparisons. Let's not get into let's just trade them and, and send them away. Let's not do that. Let's wait and see what happens with this. Yes, the, the, the meniscus injury, the bone bruise, it's all weird. Like, I don't want to take away this whole situation with Lonzo Ball has been weird. It's been strange. It's been conflicting at times. It's been everything under the sun. I do not take away from that. I do not deny that. It has been extremely weird. And when you have a player with a mysterious injury, it's it's it hurts. But yeah, it's it's, it's so yeah, it's going to be a huge concern. You're going to naturally be more worried a little, and, and bothered, right? There are some Bulls fans that are absolutely upset at this not just because of Lonzo being injured, right? You could, yeah, there's there's some rabbit fans that are going to be mad because a player gets hurt, like, like like it's in their control. But I think a lot of times, like, the way that the Bulls have communicated to the, this injury, the, 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 the kind of secrecy around it has frustrated some fans. And, you know, I understand that. But let's, like I said, let's just calm down. We'll see how this Lonzo thing ends up shaking out long term. And we'll get into it. But all right, let's move on from that. We have a voicemail today. This one is from Marcus. Hey, what's up, A's? It's your boy, uh, Marcus, coming at you with a new voicemail. So uh, I wanted to talk about just uh, the the impact of Lonzo Ball's injury to the Bulls. So I remember uh, the last, I think it was the last voicemail, one of the other voicemails I left, I was very optimistic about what, how I think the Bulls should play as far as them being, a, a you know, a top team, top playoff team. But honestly, since over the last week, over the last two weeks, there's been a lot going on in the league as far as, like, Donovan Mitchell being traded and Lonzo Ball getting injured and just players being moved and stuff like that. So I honestly, I had to think about it. I had to really think about it. When Lonzo Ball was got injured, I really believe that that brought the Bulls from being a top team to even falling into the the the, the, the play-in, the play-in tournament. 
What do you think? Do you think that the Bulls could possibly be a play a playing team this year? Do you think that it's a real possibility that LeBron, even though he's out for his training camp and the first part of the season, do you think that it could be a lingering injury that carries all the way over into uh, further into next season? Uh, yeah, I just want to hear your thoughts on that. What do you think? How do you think the Bulls will look? going into the season without Lonzo Ball, and do you think that it's a real possibility that they will be a play-in team? I believe they will be a play-in team, but I just want to know uh, what you think. What's your thoughts on that? All right, so Marcus asked the question that a lot of Bulls fans are having right now. With the improvement that teams have made in the Eastern Conference, where do the Bulls sit? Are the Bulls going to be a play-in team? And I've kind of done this a little bit before, but look at the, at the teams that improved uh, significantly this, this offseason. The Atlanta Hawks made a lot of moves. Some people, have, the Cleveland Cavaliers have, have made moves as well. I don't want to take away from that. My hate with Cleveland inside. And then you also have the New York Knicks, who made a big signing in Jalen Brunson. They, they re-signed R.J. Baird, and we'll see if they do anything on the trade market. But yeah, the team, there have been teams in the East that have gotten better. And then some of the teams already, like Miami Heat, I don't think they've necessarily gotten better. It's kind of even. The Boston Celtics, um, yes, they definitely improved that roster. The Milwaukee Bucks have as well. Um, and then the Philadelphia 76ers, and those are the teams that are clearly above and were above the Bulls last season. You also got the Toronto Raptors, Chicago Bulls, Brooklyn Nets, Atlanta Hawks, Cleveland Cavaliers, and Charlotte Hornets. New York Knicks, if you want to throw it in there, that makes 11, 11 of the top teams in the Eastern Conference are going to be battling over 10 positions. And, yes, there's going to be a team that falls down to being the playing team. Last season, the Brooklyn Nets, for example, were in the play-in tournament. They were the seventh seed, though, but because of everything going on there, we'll see how it happens with this. But they call me crazy. Call me C-Red. Call me all anything that you want. I'm not worried about it. Like, like the thing that I think, the Bulls have anywhere of being between the fourth and the, and the sixth seed, maybe the seventh seed in, in, in the Eastern Conference. Do I worry about the Bulls being the ninth or tenth seed, just strictly play-in teams? No, I'm not. Because why, and I've said this before, why the Atlanta Hawks did improve, make no mistake about it, adding DeJounte Murray to that team is a significant improvement, adding talent, but we got to see how it comes together. And that's the thing that happens too much with, with fans in, in sports in general, right? They react too much so they on the paper. We know if you've been watching sports long enough, there's always a team that adds some talent or makes some moves that the, that the moves don't just quite work out the way that they're going to. And while the Atlanta Hawks did make a good move and it made them significantly better, it still did not make them better than a fully healthy Chicago Bulls team. It just did not. People doubt the Chicago Bulls. And like I said in yesterday's episode, I understand it because of the way that they played in the latter half of the season, the way that they performed in national TV, the way they performed against the top teams in the league, regardless of whatever reason you want to give to that. But no, this team is not a playing team. The Atlanta Hawks are not better than a fully healthy and even, I think, missing a, a Lonzo Ball Chicago Bulls. Now we have to see, again, that's not taking into consideration leaps. Patrick Williams, Iota Sumu, Kobe White. What it does the Rook end up giving us in Daylon Terry? Well, how, how big do our, our acquisitions of Goran Dragic and Andre Drummond, who I think is going to have a bigger impact than some people are giving it credit for, how does it actually work out for the Chicago Bulls? The Bulls went out and added some things that they needed. Did they add the, the shot blocking? Because, again, people say rim protection, but they really just mean shot blocking that we thought that they could have or that they were going to add? No, but they added a solid defender coming off the bench, and even if you don't believe in his defense, because it's not always consistent, a player that is going to get you extra possessions with the way that they rebound the ball in Andre Drum. The Toronto Raptors, that's going to be an interesting battle as it was last season. Every time we played them, 
And I do think that they're a team that can flip-flop just depending on how some things fall for them. The Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets have tons of talent. When any team that has KD, Kyrie Irving, we'll see what Ben Simmons ends up giving them. And they got a nice haul back for for Harden as well in the team. They have a lot of talent still on the team. But you have to see it. Even adding TJ Warren, right? We don't know exactly what TJ Warren is going to be after missing that much time. And I think some Bulls fans are putting too much on that. And even when they wanted him to sign here, of what a player that missed that much time significantly can do. There are not a lot of players. People go right to Klay Thompson, but we know TJ Warren was never on, T on Klay Thompson's level. So even Klay Thompson coming down a, a, a notch or two, as we did see in the playoffs, still gives you quite a bit because of he's a higher caliber player. But a player of TJ Warren's caliber, who was a high-level role player on most NBA teams, after being gone that long, typically don't come back and are the same exact player. So we got to see the impact there, right? He could be another Paul Millsap for them last season. So I'm looking at the Brooklyn Nets. Yes, they can be better than Chicago Bulls, but the shitstorm that that team and that organization is, I'm not ready to bet on it yet. The Cleveland Cavaliers. I've been very vocal on my thoughts on the, on the Cavs. Yes, they added Donovan Mitchell. Yes, he's a hell of a talent. Yes, could I be overlooking it and could they seamlessly fit together much like DeMar and Zach and the fit concerns there and how that, that team came off fire? Yes, there's a possibility of that. But when you have two high usage rate 6-1 guards, right, that both need the ball in their hand tons, there's going to be a learning curve regardless. Now, again, they, could they work it out in training camp? They absolutely could. But there's going to be a learning curve. And then I still doubt the defensive ability of that. Isaac Okoro, Jared Allen, Mobley are going to be have to be almost A1, all three of them defensively, to overcome the defensive liability, even with Donovan Mitchell's wingspan, that that backcourt is going to have. And I do trust, even with an Ayo DeSumo uh, backcourt with Zach Levine over Lonzo Ball, I still trust that, not because, just because of the size, but because of the balance and versatility of that over at Cleveland Cavaliers backcourt. The Cleveland Cavaliers are going to be improved. They're going to make it very interesting in the Eastern Conference, but I'm not coming in and just giving them because they have a, a shiny new toy Guess what? Most of the teams that Bulls fans are now clamoring over their moves did not make as many moves as the Chicago Bulls last season. Every, you don't have to win every single offseason to be able to add to your team. And that's what some basketball fans think about their team. And then the New York Knicks last year finished 37 and 45. They added Jalen Brunson. They're going to have also a small backcourt. But again, I'm looking at the at the Knicks and saying, hey, that's a team that's probably going to win 44 games. I'm not. I'm, I'm sorry. And, and you know what? Let me not even apologize. The, the, the way the Bulls' health rocked the team last season, outside, like Lonzo Ball, Zach, even though he didn't miss tons of games with that knee injury, the fact that he was not the same player. If you watch basketball, he was not nearly the same player he was. What he was before that season was a, an all-star. What he was after that knee injury was, has not, was not quite the same. DeMar DeRozan's game is, is, as we've said, can age very well, and I don't necessarily see him coming off a huge step down. Nikola Vucevic may be another year in that role. Continuity being the thing, the coaches have using him, utilizing him a little bit better. You can get more out of Nikola Vucevic. I still like the Bulls over these other rosters, so no, I'm not willing to say that the Chicago Bulls are going to be a playing team. Now, if the season does start and we see some things and things change, hey, with new information, things should change. But I have full confidence in the Chicago Bulls team with their ability, and I don't, and I don't think that those te other teams that made moves are going to be better than a healthy Chicago Bulls team. Health is our biggest question. And then even outside of the health, okay, Lonzo is not going to be healthy. Everybody else is. What leaps does, do people take? What year, another year of being together 
What improvements does, this, does the coaching staff make in the way that they run their offensive scheme? There's a lot still on this team. You can doubt the Chicago Bulls roster, but I'm not. And that's where I'm going to end today's episode. Let me know what you guys think on it down below. On a rising competitive East, where do you think the Bulls are going to sit with everything when it's all said and done? Let me know all that down below. Make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and our voice the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We're the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media. Media.